So, today we're going to begin a series uh, that'll probably last us 12 weeks. And this is going to be based on um, the book of a movie that I've spoken about a couple of times in class before and even made some initial remarks for those who are listening to these YouTube talks and series. Initial comments on Nosolar. Nosolar in Portuguese means our home. Uh, the movie from the book was titled Astral City, but it really is our home. Uh, the subtitle was Life in the Spirit World. It is the story as presented to <clears throat> the Brazilian medium, spiritist, teacher, and a very and healer, and a really fine man, uh, Francisco Candito Xavier, or Chico Xavier. And we're going to go through it um, through the 50 chapters of the book. And that'll take 12 weeks or so. Um, but I'm not going to lead the show. <clears throat> Actually, a member of class, um, Brent, Brent Fremont, uh, will be leading. And um, this is a sort of a new thing for us and for me to, uh, you know, have a co-presenter. But he's really going to be leading the presentation, and then I'm going to come in and out with comments. <clears throat> and... Uh, when I saw this movie uh, called Astral City, which you can find on Google Play or Amazon, and you can probably, I don't know if it's even on, it might be on Netflix, but depends where you are. Um, I was profoundly impressed with how accurate its presentation of the after-death process is. You know, Ra talked about uh, three phases um, of metaphysical working after death, uh, healing, life review, and preparation for the next incarnation. Uh, that's not done um, sitting on a cloud. It's not quite done in the way that Howard Storm had his own healing and life review in the Howard Storm near-death experience, although that shows those aspects of the after-death after death process. Uh, it's normally done with the assistance of angelics, and um, beings and teachers and helpers on the astral plane in an organized way. Uh, and uh, there really are uh, places on the astral plane, which is 3D time space, where beings um, go uh, depending on their karma, <laughs> depending on their mind conditions, uh, after death, that are the locations for which healing, life review, and preparation occur. Yet there's also something called the lower astral, or hell. There's a condition called the hungry ghost. And so we're seeing, I, I think in the, in the movie, Nosolar, from the book, um, we're seeing um, an integration of Buddhist and raw material cosmology the cosmology particularly associated with the after-death process. And Buddhism talks about lower realms, called the states of woe, W-O-E, and <clears throat> in the spiritist tradition, 
and many traditions, uh, it's understood that uh, there are dark and suffering uh, realms uh, for beings who've uh, done great harm to self and other. And then there are supernal celestial regions, uh, both of physical form, you know, not physical, but a kind of astral, apparently physicalized form, meaning people have bodies and people have roads and people have buildings and people have relationships and places and formless too beyond that uh, depending on you know for those who've earned the right by um, basically development of, of green blue indigo development of higher chakras and what we call um, love wisdom based spirituality or positive polarization so in the next few months in the next 12 classes uh, Brent is going to lead the show with um, introduction and then basically going um, chapter by chapter, um, grouping chapters together, and <clears throat> uh, talking first about the lower zones and lower realms, uh, presenting um, the different aspects of life in the astral city, which is really a midway point between the physical 3D space-time and uh, higher regions of the astral plane uh, where beings are far more developed than those on, the, on this astral city. In this, uh, you know, our home is, is the home, seems to me, of beings who are 3D repeaters and uh, beings who are not, who are of higher dimensions or not needing to come back to Earth, come in and out of that, that, that particular astral city or that level of the astral to help those there uh, in their evolution, and uh, particularly preparation for coming back to 3D space-time. So Brent is going to cover um, the journey of um, uh, Andre Luiz, who dictated the book to Chico Xavier, who is a spirit guide of Chico Xavier, and details his journey in the afterlife from lower realm to astral city and back to earth and back and back, you know, back and forth and all sorts of things. And a tremendous um, wealth of um, spiritual teaching is presented along the way, and that's and I felt that this movie, Astral City, from the book No Solar, Our Home, is um, absolutely the best presentation of the after death or afterlife process that I've seen, uh, and it was not very well known in English-speaking countries who only recently seem to have had the good karma to have this translated and available with English translations. So, without further ado, um, I'll um, give the, the spotlight to Brent, and he can introduce himself and um, give a presentation, you know, an introduction to the book and the story and uh, the 12 classes that he'll be uh, doing. Uh, and then I'll come in and um, we'll have our foundation for the next few months. Okay. Thanks, Brent. Thank you, Scott, um, and thank you for um, that good, that very nice introduction. Um, the listener will probably find that um, there are three links uploaded, um, and it would be well advised to download those. The very first one is the Astral City PDF on the website. You can, uh, when you go to that link. It automatically opens up in the PDF, and you can either just follow along on the website, or if you prefer, you can download the story. 
Um, the next one um, is a definition of spiritism. We're going to be talking about that very briefly, but that's a good definition of what spiritism is and why it's important to uh, both Chico Xavier and uh, this story in general. And also a link to Chico, Chico Xavier's biography, uh, just or a, a quick definition of who he is. It's not actually his whole biography. Um, basically, while you're getting those together, I'll give you a little bit of background of who I am. Um, I became interested in all things metaphysical um, as a young teenager. Uh, mostly through family members. My mother and my maternal grandfather studied a wide range of metaphysical topics including tarot card reading, astrology, astral projection, and the UFO phenomena. There were also books on hypnosis, pyramid power, and mediumship. Early on I became interested in the Urantia book and spent many years visiting and hosting study groups and attending conventions. Um, and after a life, a major life change several years later, um, I discovered Nancy Leader and Zeta Talk, became interested in that group um, and uh, the, survival, the survivalist group that uh, she formed called Trouble Times. Uh, I became president of Trouble Times and remained uh, involved with them for a period of five years. Um, but then early in 1998, I was introduced to Scott's book, Universal Vision by a family friend and once again my life was changed <laughs> uh, everything Scott wrote about wanderers resonated deeply with me and I um, after reading the book I contacted him for a session uh, which became the first of many and he has been my friend and mentor now for 20 years uh, it was Scott that introduced me to the raw material and I have been studying the raw material diligently um, ever since that's a little bit about me so first, if you've uh, linked up to the uh, Astral City PDF, let's just let the book... Well, wait a minute. Um, let me back up here. What I should probably do is back up here. Um, we're going to let the book um, describe itself and talk a little bit about Astral City, but we should probably first talk just a little bit about... I'm getting ahead of myself. Talk a little bit about the author. So the bottom link gives you... Um, a link to the Wikipedia page about Chico Xavier. We don't have to cover the entire thing. Um, we'll just uh, it will just go. I'll just read the bio. Um, Chico Xavier uh, or Francisco Candido Xavier um, was born uh, April second, nineteen ten, and died June thirtieth, two thousand two. He was a popular th philanthropist and medium in Spiritism. During a period of 60 years, he wrote up to 450 books and several thousand letters claiming to use a process known as psychography. Um, and aside here, psychography is also known as automatic writing, which is something that my grandfather did uh, when I was a young child, um, and I observed him doing it many times, so it's an interesting correlation there for me personally. After his death, many dozens of books were issued based on old letters and manuscripts, which gradually became public, uh, bringing the total number of books to 496. Um, the books written by Chico covered a vast range of topics from religion, philosophy, historical romances and novels, Portuguese literature, poetry, scientific, as well as uh, thousands of thousand letters intended to inform, console, and uplift families of deceased persons uh, during his psychographic sessions. His book sold an estimated 50 million copies and the revenue generated by it totally channeled into charity work. Uh, skipping a paragraph, 
Xavier claimed he was a channel for the work of the spirits and that he was not able to produce any miracle such as healing people because I'm sure that he was asked to heal people as uh, he received letters and thoughts from various readers. Uh, he mentioned he could not contact a deceased person unless that spirit was willing to be contacted. Uh, his appearances on TV talk shows in the late 1960s and early 70s helped to establish spiritism doctrine as one of the major philosophies professed in Brazil with more than 5 million followers. Xavier's popularity remained unchanged in Brazil throughout his life. Despite his health problems, he kept working up to his death on June 30th, 2002 in Uberabapa. Um, and let's see, let's go to, um, he, since he talked so much and um, worked so much with Spiritism, let's jump to the link on Spiritism for the quick definition to get you caught up with what he is all about. Spiritism is a spiritualistic philosophy and religion codified in the 19th century by French educator who's I'm not going to try and pronounce his French name. Uh, he, however, his pen name was, uh, most people knew him by, Alan Kardec. It proposed the study of, quote, the nature, origin, and destiny of spirits and their relation to the corporeal world, end quote. Spiritism soon spread to other countries, having today 35 countries represented in the International Spiritist Council. Spiritism postulates that humans are essentially immortal spirits, that temporarily inhabit physical bodies for several necessary incarnations to attain moral and intellectual improvement. It also asserts that spirits through passive or active mediumship uh, may have uh, beneficent or malevolent influence on the physical world. The, first, the term first appeared in Kardec's book, The Spirit's Book, which sought to distinguish spiritism from spiritualism. Uh, spiritism has influenced a social movement of healing centers, charity institutions, and hospitals involving millions of people <coughs> in dozens of countries with the greatest number of inheritance in Brazil. Spiritism was also very influential uh, in the new Vietnamese religion called Tao Dai, or Tao Daiism, born in 1926, of three spirit mediums who received messages that identified Alan Kardec as a prophet of a new universal religion. So there you have that. Now, jumping to back to the link uh, of the, uh, the book, uh, Astral City, if you would go to, let's go to page six. Uh, all the page numbers are listed at the top of each page. This is the preface to the first electronic edition by G. E-A-E, -E, the publishers of the work. Let's jump to the bottom. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing this. There's so much information that I kind of want to just, um, in this introduction class, just get people up to speed of what's going on. Uh, the second to the bottom paragraph of uh, on that page six begins, Nasolar, or Astral City in the present English version, appeared on Earth in 1943 through the mediumship of Francisco Xavier and edited by the Brazilian Spiritist Federation, FEB. The book tells us of the odyssey of a recently departed physician who introduces himself under the pen name Andre Luiz. Um, the author discloses a spiritual society, a colony of work located in the vicinity of the Earth's surface, 
where one finds the happy of sad results <laughs> of one acts after reaching the other side of life. Um, briefly here I'll mention um, the translation of this is from the original Portuguese and it was all done by a, by volunteer translators. So there are some sections of the book that are a little bit <laughs> uh, somewhat questionable or some of the words you kind of have to do. Um, we have to reach our, our, our own interpretation of what they were trying to say in English. Anyway, going on. Far from abstractions or purely philosophical uh, argumentation, Andre Louise speaks about the actual reality of imperfect spirits still alive, working and preserving themselves for the next life's struggles. Nasolar is an evolving society, much similar to the terrestrial one. It displays many patterns of the Brazilian society at the time, uh, forecasting other ones that would arise in the following years. Using a comparison, Nasolar is a kind of spiritualized Rio de Janeiro, or more exactly, Rio is a material Nasolar, insofar as many of its inhabitants come from this spiritual colony. Putting aside the Brazilian feature of the colony, Nasolar is a universal example. Wherever a human spirit goes after death, be it a spiritual colony of an English-speaking country or a spiritual town in ancient India, it always meets itself, carrying its conquests or past mistakes, beloved affections or inner enemies. Uh, in one word, it goes to a place with which it has strong affinities. And then perhaps under different customs or dressings, the spirit finds a reality much similar to the one re revealed by Andre Louise. Um, okay, that was, uh, I'm not going to go any further with that. That was uh, written by Carlos uh, Bernardo, who was the editor, the G-E-A-E -E editor uh, of the publishing company that, took, um, that uh, published this English uh, version. I do want to read some of, the, going to page 9, I do want to read some of the introduction to the first English edition, which talks about the history of um, information on the afterlife that's been handed down to us through the years. Um, so beginning at the top, through the course of history, man has progressively received information about the afterlife according to his ability to assimilate it. During his brief sojourn on Earth, man is generally too involved in his worldly affairs to be able to readily conceive of an invisible plane of life. Uh, this being the case, his spiritual education could not but move at an exceedingly slow pace from its beginning centuries ago. Revelations pertaining to a spiritual world permeate the scripture of all major religions in various degrees. These revelations or instructions, however, were necessarily limited in scope and at times cautiously veiled and fragmentary statements of allegorical language. It is interesting to note, for example, how this instruction process gradually develops in the Old Testament, beginning with the idea of a paradise and continuing with references to angels or spiritual messengers, and then to chariots and horses of fire, followed by the notion of a lower world or hell, and many other similar statements implying a transcendental world. The, in the New Testament, somewhat more detailed descriptions are added, such as the state of Lazarus and the rich man after death, the Lord's reference to many mansions, John 14:2, the great and small in the kingdom of heaven, and the legions of angels, Matthew 
There are also details uh, in some of the apostles' writings, uh, specifically in the epistle of Paul of Tarsus and in Revelations. A more significant step is taken in the latter to describe prophetic scenes of what appears to be a real inhabited world with horsemen, angelic beings, a city with 12 gates, and the pure river of water of life, Revelation 22, 1. The mechanics of judgment and the importance of our deeds are also described in Revelation. After the biblical period, only sporadic descriptions of the life beyond were recorded, and these were sometimes separated by centuries. Among the better known are to be found in the Mohammedan scriptures, in Dante's and St. Teresa's visions, and in the writings of Emmanuel Swedenborg, Johann Casper, Lavatar, and Joseph Smith. The centuries that passed were apparently necessary for mankind to ponder, analyze, and digest the older revelations. In the mid-19th century, however, this pattern changed and the information process began to accelerate. This change was marked specifically by a worldwide outburst of mediumship with the abundant flow of spirit messages and by Allan Kardec's codification of the Spiritist Doctrine in France. In the century that followed, more information concerning the beyond was available to man than in all past centuries combined. Spirit communications have always cause and are still causing a stir. They have been misunderstood and misused at times, but regardless of man's reaction to them, they are here for a lofty purpose and they bear the sanction of both the Old and the New Testaments. Needless to say, these communications, to be constructive, must be approached with a responsible and reverent attitude. The Astral City is undoubtedly one of the most remarkable work contributing to this new awareness. It stands as one more sign that a new era of transcendental knowledge is in process and that the age of veiled references to the life beyond is receding. Furthermore, it presents to us a spirit world of an amazingly realistic nature. At times, we tend to be surprised at the quasi-material aspects of the astral city colony. After careful consideration, however, we begin to see the wisdom of God's laws which afford the spirit a gradual adaptation to a life without the grosser material body. It has been repeatedly confirmed by reliable messages that the etherical replica of the physical world are a common event in the next plane of existence. Indeed, the similarities of the two worlds are at times so confusing to the newly departed that the spirit mistakes them for material life, often ignoring the fact that death has occurred and that he has lost his physical body. Bearing in mind these and other basic principles of transition expounded by Astral City, we begin to conceive of a hereafter that is within the realm of nature, a realm equally ruled by just laws of cause and effect. The environment Andre Louise describes in this book apparently belongs to the category of an etheric advanced type of earth life where spirits dwell while in preparation for a higher, more imponderable worlds or for the return to another experience in the flesh. Okay, now I'm reading, let's see, I'm getting a little bit low on time, so I'm going to jump ahead here. Um, but that, in a nutshell, is what we are going to be studying for the next, um, next 12 classes at least, um, and going through the book. Uh, by groups of chapters to discuss the more the uh, more important high points. Um, 
moving on, I would also like to read, so we don't, before we run out of some time here, I also want to give Scott a chance to comment on what's being said. This next section on page uh, 11, A New Friend, is um, written by a, a, a being calling himself Emmanuel, who um, was um, Chico Xavier's spirit guide. And there was a couple of important points here. Uh, from the top, prefaces generally introduce authors extolling their virtues and enlarging on their personalities. Here, however, the situation is different. There are no social records uh, for a physician named Andre Louise. Often real understanding and true love come to us hidden under the cloak of anonymity. In order to redeem a disgraceful past in the process of reincarnation, Old names are wiped away and new ones take their place. Ah, the veil, yes. Um, in order to redeem a disgraceful past in the process of reincarnation, old names are wiped away and new ones take their place. All bygone happenings sink into temporary oblivion, a blessing of divine mercy. In this way, a curtain has been drawn over Andre Louis' former self. Thus, we cannot introduce an earthly doctor and human writer, but instead present a new friend and brother in eternity. In order to bring his valuable impressions to his earthly companions, it was necessary for him to forego all conventions, including the use of his name. He did so uh, to avoid hurting loved ones still wrapped in the mist of illusion. He acted with the same generosity as a reaper of corn, who avoids giving offense to those tilling in the distance. Uh, and it does not trample on the green fields still in bloom. Uh, we realize that this book is not the only one of its kind. Others have already described the conditions of life beyond the grave. Nevertheless, we are glad to have drawn to our spiritual circles one who might transmit an account of his own experiences. He gives as much detail as possible to clarify the laws that preside over the efforts of diligent spirits of goodwill in spheres that are invisible to human eyes, although uh, intimately connected with the planet. Okay, um, let's see. We're going to jump ahead a little bit as I find myself running out of time here. I'm keeping... <laughs> as mentioned to me earlier, the hour does go rather quickly. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's move on to page 14. This is a message from Andre Louise himself. The actual author, Chico Xavier, likes to credit Andre Louise as the actual author of this book. And this is his message, and I'll read this in its entirety. Life never ceases. Life is an overflowing source, and death is only an obscure effect of illusions. The great river flows its own course before joining the vast sea. Likewise, the soul follows equally varied routes and passes through different stages, receiving here and there tributaries of knowledge, strengthening its personality and perfecting its qualities before reaching the ocean of eternal wisdom. The closing of our earthly eyes is such a simple event. The shedding of the physical body does not solve the fundamental problems of enlightenment, just as changing one's clothes has nothing to do with the deep questions of life, destiny. Ah, paths of the soul, mysterious ways of the heart. One must walk their full lengths before facing the supreme equation of eternal life. 
It's essential for you to live all their conflicts and to know them fully in the long process of spiritual ascension. How childish to imagine that the mere ringing down of the curtain would settle transcendental questions of the infinite. One life is but a single act, one body a garment, one century a day, one task an experience, one triumph an acquisition, one death a breath of renovation. How many lives, how many bodies, how many centuries, how many tasks, how many triumphs, how many deaths are still allotted to us? And yet religious philosophers will speak of final decisions and immutable situations. Alas, everywhere we find scholars in doctrine who are spiritual illiterates. It takes great effort for man to enter the school of the gospel, and his admission thereto nearly always comes to pass in a strange manner. He finds himself alone with the master, struggling through a difficult course, learning lessons in an invisible classroom, and attending long lectures of unspoken words. Long, very long, therefore, is our arduous journey. Here, our humble efforts can bring you only a glimpse of this fundamental truth. I speak to you as an, an anonymous friend in this anonymity which stems from brotherly love. The great majority of mankind is like a fragile vessel which cannot yet contain the whole truth. Therefore, we restrict ourselves here to conveying only the profound experience itself in its collective values. We will not torment anyone with the idea of eternity. Let the vessels first become stronger. Thus, we dedicate this brief record to the eager spirits of our brothers, struggling for their spiritual ascent, who understand, as we do, that the wind blows where it will. John 3, 8. And now, my friend, let me thanks fall upon this paper, and thence rise and merge into the great silence of sympathy and gratitude, attraction, appreciation, love and joy live in the soul be sure that in the depths of mine i hold these sentiments towards us may the lord bless us andre louise and thus we come to the introduction that that is all the introduction and prefaces and then we begin with chapter one in the lower zones which of course is uh the death the actual death of andre louise not his real name but uh as he was in the physical uh, on a surgery, uh, uh, dying uh, in surgery. Uh, he was attempting to have surgery to correct some cancer. Uh, and uh, it was unsuccessful, and he died on the operating table. And uh, the next step is uh, his experience going in the, the lower zones, uh, which uh, we would interpret as the, the upper regions of hell, where he finds himself. Uh, quite surprised actually and um, and and the whole thing is his transition and story and his growth and uh, so it starts out a bit negative but then ends pretty positive <laughs> I will say that it has a happy ending uh, so not to worry there um, let's see and that's about it for my introduction um, and thank you very much. And Scott, I'm just wondering if you have any comments um, in regard to uh, what I said, what was read, and um, yeah. uh, the direction it's going. Sure, I have a lot of comments. Um, I think the first thing that strikes me is that um, this uh, transmission from, you know, presumably that's all unprovable, 
uh, claimed transmission from the astral plane from the this man who is you know to call to call beings spirits is a little funny because um, what we are here is not fundamentally different than what we are without a human physical body we are human beings or beings uh, this claim transmission <clears throat> um, that uh, became the movie uh, Astral City from the book No Solar through Chico Xavier uh, occurs within a context of increasing spiritual uh, communications to human 3D space-time physical realm in the last two centuries. If we look at <clears throat> the timeline, it's very interesting. Uh, from the first page you brought up on spiritism, uh, presented as a spiritualistic philosophy codified in the 20th century by Alan Kardec, or his original name, uh, Hippolyte Léon Denisard Rival, Rival. Uh, our French member could do better than me, but Alan Kardec, his dates uh, are... Uh, 1804, 1869. So he died, uh, <clears throat> actually, uh, 40 years before Chico Xavier, uh, well, I'll use that name, Chico Xavier was born in 1910. So spiritism was developing in the 19th century. Uh, we see in the West the uh, beginning of theosophy, uh, Blavatsky, um, Annie Besant, uh, Alice Bailey. We see the beginnings of, or a much strengthened interest of Western uh, academics, particularly European, in Buddhism, in Hinduism, already in the 19th century, or in the late, at the end of the 19th century, meaning the 1890s, 1880s. Things were just developing. Theosophy was going strong in the early part of the 20th century. So, um, we're approaching dimensional shift, <laughs> whenever that's going to be. Uh, we're in the last section of third density. This is 3.7, if you want to look at subplanes of the third density cycle of time. Uh, 75,000 years, the last seven, you know, last seventh or 3.7 is what the last 10,000 years okay so the fall of Atlantis we're at the end of that 3.77 even and so in the last two centuries there's been a tremendous down down pouring um, increase of transmissions from non-physical realms to earth humanity physical 3d space time to prepare those with eyes to see and ears to hear and so, Alan Kardec, working in the middle of the 19th century, uh, set the way for Chico Xavier, who basically was working throughout the 20th century, 1910, 9, uh, 2002, uh, and died at the age of, you know, 92. So he was uh, doing well, and uh, therefore, I mean, <laughs> one of the causes, not always, but one of the causes of long life is um, successful continued polarization on one's path, positive and negative. And so 
whenever you see a teacher who dies in their 90s and on, you can say that uh, I think this guy was doing something right. Although <laughs> there are teachers who die in their 50s and 60s too. That's a different matter. And they may be just fine too, but they had a different plan. Uh, the setting of the path, you, you can even say that the um, enlightenment of the, what, 18th century? Uh, the romantic poets of the 19th century, Walt Whitman, profoundly spiritual guy, uh, associate with the increase of uh, Western spirituality, spiritualism, uh, including spiritism, coming out of Arlen Kardec in the 19th century, uh, bridging into the 20th with theosophy, and a number of European scholars translating Buddhist and Hindu texts, not so well, but uh, getting things going, uh, to the 20th century where you have some, you know, at the beginning and at the end uh, very important real Hindu gurus, real Buddhist teachers or so-called masters uh, coming to live in Western countries, Europe and, and the Americas. And so this transmission of what became the book Nosolar uh, was, is set needs to be, I think, understood in that context. The book Nosolar was first published in 1944. Chico Xavier was only 34, very young guy. So he was born in 1910. The book was, the, the transmission was received in 1944. 1944 was right in the middle of the wartime, and there are scenes in the movie and in the book of... Um, the Astral City uh, preparing to and receiving many uh, war dead. And it's also true as the introduction, as Brent, as you said, that this Astral City, uh, I wouldn't say it's quite a um, Astral Rio de Janeiro, because Rio de Janeiro's got a lot of problems that we don't find in the Astral City. But <clears throat> this uh, realm in the middle Astral, I'd say, absolutely is culturally uh, aligned or resonant with the background cultures of the souls who are dying and being uh, reborn or appearing there. And they don't appear there as children or babies. They come in uh, akin to the condition in which they die. So um, old and the young appear in actual form, old and young. Uh, and then there's, you know, kind of deep healing and um, kind of rejuvenation. But um, it surely shares cultural characteristics of the people who died who are going to that particular realm. Uh, Buddhism doesn't talk about this in such depth. Um, as the introduction you gave um, presents... Uh, yes, there were multiple Christian sources um, in the New Testament and some in the Old Testament that um, echo this cosmology. Uh, I just want to make a, a little point that the term you use, G-E-A-E, -E, uh, which did this electronic, PDF, electronic edition uh, PDF, um, actually represents uh, a group called the Advanced Study Group of Spiritism and that's the, the initials in Portuguese come out as G-E-A-E -E. 
um, there surely is a Christian Western cultural bias basis for the conditions of the Astral City and the obviously the introductions that we're reading through here uh, pulling material from uh, Western history uh, New Testament and then European literature including Dante which is very important actually uh, presentation so-called fiction uh, of the levels of existence uh, non-physical uh, Buddhism <laughs> covers this ground exhaustively in a little bit more detail from a practitioner's perspective, meaning a, a yogic practitioner, a monk, a person who is moving through um, multiple realms towards a goal called, you know, nirvana. Uh, so Buddhism presents 31 planes divided into three realms, so three triloka, right? Kamaloka, Rupaloka, Arupaloka, which to me presents the seven dimensions quite well. Here we're focused on Kamaloka, which is associated with desire, which is associated with third density, physical and non-physical. Um, and Buddhism has no problem talking about the six, another presentation being the six realms. So there's the three worlds, or Triloka, and there's the six realms. The lower, again, as I said, states of woe, include hungry ghosts and a so-called hell realm. The difference is that Buddhism understands um, the, the, the one's residence in those realms is temporary. And this is a big difference in one's belief of afterlife, meaning is it one life and then forever in a particular realm of eter for eternity, or one life or this life with its karmic consequences, basically in terms of moral and intellectual development and work, meaning activity of body, speech, and mind, um, and leading to temporary uh, incarnation or appearance in another realm, uh, followed by further incarnation. And the, the Christian notion, I believe, is probably uh, distorted from even the original teachings of, of Yeshua. I'm not sure that Yeshua was actually saying if you are, you know, when your name is inscribed in the in the Book of the Living, as the Gnostics say, uh, you'll be living in heaven forever in what? Some unchanging state? I don't even know if he said that, but somehow uh, Christianity came to this notion of a static afterlife condition. Buddhism, Hinduism absolutely do not have that view, and I would say are much more sophisticated in the cosmology. Uh, partly because the the teachings of Buddhism and Hinduism are associated with guys that are spending decades focused on mind transformation in solitary retreat. It's very different than the audience uh, of Christianity uh, or Abrahamic religions 2,000 years ago and today, which are basically lay people or people who are living an ordinary kind of social life. Now, uh, this uh, book is going to present, and I don't have that much more to say here, but um, you will see the um, cultural echoes uh, of the Western Christian, even Brazilian, uh, incarnative 
basis for Andre Louise and Chico Xavier, the, the, the person who received this transmission. You'll see that in the accounting of the story of Andre Louise and this and the nature of this astral city. However, what struck me in watching the movie first time, and I haven't read through the book, but I've watched the movie a couple of times, that um, you're going to see principle after principle of um, a really balanced application of love and wisdom to uh, catalyst uh, of, of relationship, particularly. The catalyst of relationship, or how to be with people, um, is significant <laughs> in third density. And one of the primary forms of catalyst by which beings get out of third density is relationship. Um, those that are doing solitary practice or have few social relations may have certain deficiencies in self-learning or transformation because of the lack of relationship. And those who are very engaged in family and society uh, may not have the time <laughs> to clarify mind uh, and may have um, the complications and responsibilities of the relationships that prevent certain development as well. So there's a plus and a minus to both sides or both ways of living. Uh, this book is particularly, or the, the story here, is particularly of the perspective of 3D souls who are moving to harvestability, it seems to me. And you'll see as we go on, as we've talked about here, that there are, you know, like Andre Louise's mother uh, comes in and out of this level of astral city um, and yet appears to be a harvestable or of a higher dimension or even a wanderer. While the people in this astral city seem to be 3D repeaters or 3D souls or souls at the level of third density, I don't mean any judgment, uh, who are um, more fully getting with the program of um, inner working for significant substantial transformation. Again, it's just green, blue, indigo. That's all we're talking about. So that they don't have to continue reincarnating on Earth. And another little point that I found strong, and I guess we'll get to this in later classes, is the quality, um, the heavy quality of death <laughs> associated with 3D recycling. Uh, souls die out of the physical and they leave the astral in this level of astral city being quite joyous and loving and beautiful. They die to their, they die from there too. Meaning they're reborn or leave the city and are reborn as babies on earth in 3D space time. And so they're dying here and losing loved ones and they're dying there or leaving there by rebirth here and leaving loved ones again. And this quality of death, or death as a major attribute of third density cycling, um, I think is very important. It's very significant catalyst. It's one of the most significant catalysts, I think, that beings face in third density, both physical and non-physical. Um, there is repeated loss again and again and again. And that's intimately bound with why Gautama called it Kamaloka or why, you know, the Gautama's discussion of Kamaloka, which I would say is 3D space-time and 3D time-space, or the astral, including the higher levels of the astral. There is an incessant desire that is the natural response to continual loss. 
and so all that we love we'll lose here we'll those that we're really close to we meet again up there then we leave then souls that are, need to come back to 3d leave there lose love there come back here into a body and have to do the whole thing over again that's called uh, samsara <laughs> the realm or the the cycle of birth and death the ocean of samsara again born aging sickness and death again losing loved ones or temporarily being separated from them again and again out of the physical and out of the astral and um that's quite bitter and um the well as we were talking earlier in class today uh looking in the mirror um being honest with oneself acknowledging the pain we carry um tuning into to conscience to conscience how i'm feeling about myself and what i've done um is critical as foundational on the path particularly out of third density to harvestability but all along the path uh, the the critical importance of self-honesty Ra talked about the most rigorous the adept being most rigorous honesty with oneself particularly um in the way of acknowledging the pain we're in or the discomfort um and and our continual hungering or longing for something better it happens again and again and again meaning if you look at your mind closely every day uh, you'll probably find um longing desire kama kama loka right the realm of incessant desiring hunger leading to some kind of decision to speak or act or get or push away or go this way or go that way leading to some kind of temporary fulfillment and um temporary cessation of that longing or hungering as we're involved in the ad activity um or the consequences of our choice then <laughs> there is change and further change leads to changed mind and changed outer conditions which go together and um some kind of dissatisfaction in mind that leads to a further arising of hunger or longing to the next thing i want to do okay i ate my lunch now what am i going to do okay i watched the movie now what am i going to do okay i did my work now what am i going to do or we just had sex now what are we going to do <laughs> and and uh, it just goes on and on and on that's samsara samsara is not just physical or multidimensional it's also in the mind associated with changing mind states or the inevitable degradation of the samskaras you know the fourth skanda the fourth constituent of the sense of self the fashionings of mind and thought and belief and the you know fashioning of experience right catalyst to experience third and fourth positions in the tarot in the archetypal nodal sequence from catalyst to experience uh, again and again and again that experience degrades and changes and we come to further hungering that kind of um samsaric brutality is a uh, much more benign in fourth dimension and higher it still happens um but it's um far less painful there's still pain and dukkha there but it's much less stress there and so it is a critical matter to get out of third density and um pulling back to where i started uh why do you think it is that <laughs> there seems to have been this upswing increase intensity of transmissions from the astral plane and higher dimensions 
uh, to 3D's physical or humanity in the last two centuries? Well, it's to prepare people for harvest, which really means to help as many people make the grade as possible. And so, uh, No Solar comes in at 1944. Uh, 1954, <laughs> the ETs, good and bad, seem to make contact with Eisenhower and the U.S. government folks. Uh, and by the late 50s, we've got uh, what? <coughs> Um, Space Brothers channeling. Uh, in the 60s, we've got the Love and Peace Movement. Um, and we've got, you know, in 1980, in the early 80s, the raw material coming in. This is a planned um, history. This was planned in advance. It didn't happen willy-nilly. It happened by design. Uh, designed to help as many people be free of repeated death as possible. Meaning... Uh, for people to self-educate, self-learn, self-heal, and move into love wisdom, right? It's just green, blue, indigo. Um, and so uh, Ra had said that the efforts of the Wanderers and the Adepts and the Confederation are all bent to one aim or one purpose, which is to help increase the harvest. Uh, yet, Ra said, there are few to harvest. And um, as a little <laughs> point... <laughs> Uh, I was just going over yesterday an email with a friend talking about the law of squares and a mathematical understanding of it. And uh, we looked at the figure where I think in the raw material Rod said that 352,000 people call them, call Rod directly, something like that. 352,000. Well, uh, those seem to be people who are six chakra activated and resonant and seeking with six chakra in play. 352,000 uh, divided by 7 billion, 7.5 billion, is something like 0.004%. <laughs> so it may be that uh, 4 out of 1,000 people, or less, or 4 out of 10,000, um, are, are working from six chakra in this world. I mean, 4 out of 10,000, I think, is about right. <laughs> Or one out of uh, you know 2,500 or something, or it may be a whole less. My math is not great. Somebody can catch it, but uh, a tiny, tiny, tiny one out of 10,000, perhaps one out of 100,000, are working from six chakra in this world, and that's kind of bitter too. And um, despite the best efforts of Wanderers Confederation and, and uh, Adepts, Rod said there seem to be few to harvest. Uh, but that that's the purpose of, for which No Solar was transmitted, basically. It's not just um, humans to make contact with loved ones on the other side. It's people and beings and souls, us, or 3D natives, uh, to see the plan and uh, fulfill their purpose. The purpose being the purpose of incarnation, which is evolution of mind, body, spirit. Ra said, third density is to learn the ways of love. And that's what this is all about. And um, within that context, we can get into the specifics here. And I think that context is very important. Um, back to you, Brent. Thanks, Scott. That was very good. I appreciate that very much. Um, very excellent points. And just to wrap up, because I know we're running out of time, um, I'll just simply say that... Um, 
couple of things. My perspective in the, of the movie personally and the importance of this in itself, uh, the book too. Um, I would encourage the listener to read the book if you have the time. It's only 229 pages uh, and it's a very fast read, uh, but it's very um, in-depth um, in that it touches on a lot of points, um, and in, important points in transition, of transition. And I look at it as a um, as kind of a grade school primer. Um, many many of many individuals that listen to this particular channel of Scots and study uh, the raw material and are interested in these deep classes of Buddhism, etc., um, are already somewhat beyond um, this information, but. I think it's still important in that it's not only a reminder to us that something's going on and it's like a verification of our own beliefs, number one, and number two, it's also um, helpful to those individuals who are trying to, to get themselves out of third density. And we all have those individuals who are trying to do that, no individuals that are trying to do that, that are, that are trying to grow. Uh, or at least claim to be trying to grow, and we can do what we can for them to assist. And this this book and the actual uh, Spiritism uh, group um, is a good kind of primer for those, because you know uh, we we all know people that the raw the, the raw material is way over many people's heads. Um, but this is kind of a basic good basic introduction. I also like the fact too that um, Carlos Nardo on page 7 of his preface uh, indicates, yes, even though this is heavily uh, Christian um, in reading and writing, uh, because that's the audience, that's the, the target audience um, in South America originally, um, they do say, you know, um, there are spirit colonies that go, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's over Rio de Janeiro or uh, a spiritual town in ancient India, um, it, individuals go to a colony that they resonate with, and that's an important distinction. It's not just Christian, and it's not limited to just Christian individuals. And um, next week, what we're going to do is, in class two, we're going to go into uh, Andre Louise's experiences. We're going to study chapter one, chapter 12, and chapter 44. Um, which examine his experiences in the lower zones and what he experienced in the upper levels of hell, to, to his great surprise. And um, that's pretty much it, Scott. That's all I've pretty much got for today. And I thank you very much for allowing me the time to do this and um, uh, for your assistance. And um, um, I figure that uh, do you have any final words you'd like to or close out the class? Yeah, yeah, I'll close out. And thank you also, and um, yeah, I mean, I respect you, and that's why I, um, you know, offer this opportunity, and also I think this book is really important, and um, I agree with what you're saying, that we can say that we know this already, sort of, or we're beyond this, sort of, Wanders who are fourth, fifth, sixth density are certainly metaphysically beyond the need to make the self-transformation necessary for harvest to fourth or fifth or sixth density. Uh, we're already beyond dimensional necessity, you know, the, the incarnational necessity or metaphysical necessity for repeated incarnation in third density. But we're not 
um, beyond lower triad blockage. <laughs> and that's what I found when I watched the movie, is that I can still learn a lot from every encounter, every principle that's being taught when Andre Louise is encountering um, the teachers and those that are helping him in the Astral City. Uh, every single encounter with a teacher or healer or guide there is presenting the principles of love wisdom as they are understood by that person in that situation in a pretty clear way. And so we may be beyond um, the need for metaphysical required third density recycling, but we're not beyond lower triad blockage. And we still have blockages one, two, three that uh, are strong or weak and periodically uh, lead us to get stuck in distortions. And we have distortions and confused beliefs and uh, we're not perfected in green, blue, indigo, obviously. And so there's a lot to learn here. Uh, and I want to just close with uh, some comments from the last two paragraphs of Carlos Bernardo's um, introduction or foreword, saying that um, he wrote, We also hope that it, meaning the purpose of this book and reading, can consolidate the certainty in the afterlife and in the maxim or saying, quote, Without charity there is no salvation. And this is the importance of heartful, heartfulness or open-heartedness. And he closes, meaning keep our heart open um, to all the teachings, because they're really every encounter in the movie. Um, I found I found teachings in every in every one of them. And then finally, the last paragraph, he writes. We would like to recall, or finally he writes, we would like to recall one of the strongest messages of the book, quote, work appears when the worker is ready. Uh, we can say the teaching appears when the student is ready, right? When the student is ready, the teaching appears, or the teacher appears, both. Um, for those who are listening here, obviously there is value, um, if indeed you have the feeling I want to stay and continue listening, to continue listening. Um, for many purposes, <laughs> our own education, um, supporting our own continued transformation, supporting our own greater freedom from lower triad blockage, supporting our own continued development of, of green, blue, indigo, and what a deeper understanding of what love or green ray is, because that's what we see in every single encounter, as well as wisdom, meaning there's a lot of wisdom presented in these love-based um, exchanges that Andre Louise has on the astral and his presentation or teaching to Chico Xavier. Uh, and so this is useful for us, not just um, us to introduce others who may find this an easier message. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the series, and thank you for Brent for accepting the invitation. And next week, as he says, we're going to go into a discussion of the lower realms um, Andre Louise's stay in what does seem to be a peripheral um, outer ring of the lower realm of hell or what Buddhists call Niraya, what the Hebrews call Gehana and um, it's very real um, for those of us who've been out of body we can say yes indeed it's quite real it's as real as this physical world appears to be or is felt to be for us here 
uh, and um, see the movement out of that and how that happens. And so Andre Luiz's movement out of hell, or Niraya, even though it's not the deepest level, is very akin to our movement out of lower triad blockage. <laughs> our movement out of the kleshas or the asavas or the defilements or distorted mental process or um, our confusion and ignorance and uh, suffering. There, his movement out of hell is akin to our movement out of lower triad blockage. And that's the same work that we're all doing, others who are not wanderers as well or have no interest in spirituality. So, um, uh, I'm glad we're in this um, series now, and we're going to go further, and Brent will pick up next week. And thank you for being here. Uh, please take good care of yourselves, and good night. <laughs>